0: You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. Ephesians 6.10, he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Amen. That's an old English word there. The attacks of the enemy, the the darts of the enemy, the wiles of the, uh, the devil, the tactics of the enemy. And he said, for we wrestle not, here it is, against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen. You're not fighting people. In the kingdom of God. You wrestle not against flesh and blood. Don't don't be confused by that. Sometimes we we put personalities up there. That's not what the Bible says. No, actually, the contrary. Amen. But there is, amen, a strategy of saying The attacks of the enemy. And so tonight, if I can, by the help of the Lord, I don't know. We'll see how far we get. But I want to preach on Pentecostal poisons. Pentecostal poisons. Can we talk about that tonight for a little bit? Amen. Let's lay our Bibles down. Let's ask God to anoint His Word to our hearts and open up our understanding. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank You for Your Spirit tonight. Thank You for this opportunity to be in the house of the Lord. And I pray right now over these next few moments that you would anoint my mind, anoint my heart, anoint my spirit, anoint my lips, and anoint our ears that we may hear the Word of God. Let this be the Word of God that is speaking in us, God, and to us. I pray you'd turn and and convict our soul, touch our life, God. Amend our ways and draw us closer to you. Strengthen us. Tonight, in your way, strengthen us, God, up as a church, God, as your body, for the glory of the Lord. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, "In Jesus' name, Amen." Shout unto the Lord one more time. Clap your hands unto <laughs> the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Give somebody a high five. Amen. Tell them it's good to see him in church tonight. Amen. So we have here some poison, amen, in the house tonight, Pentecostal poison. There is nothing greater than Pentecost, than the work of Pentecost and Pentecost in us. What do we mean when we speak about Pentecost? We are talking about, amen, not just religiosity. We are not talking about mere theology and doctrine. But we are talking about the Word of God made alive in our heart. We are talking about that experience, amen, that culminated on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts, where they were all in one accord, in one place, and a suddenly happened, and the Spirit of the Lord came in, and the presence of the Lord fell, and it indwelled them, and there was supernatural manifestation. And the Bible says that day was added to the church. Not only was it the birth of the church, but about 3,000 souls in one day. Does anybody believe that God can still build his church by 3,000 in a day? Hallelujah. It happens many times overseas, but what if we could break out in revival here in North America? where we could see things like that. What would it take? I don't know. I often ask, what does it take to get men's interest, men's mind, to get people's attention, to get to the point of desperation, where you have 3,000 that are looking, that are anticipating, amen, that would convert in one day. But I believe that that day can come nonetheless. Whether it happens, it happened then. And that's what we're speaking about when we talk about the Pentecostal experience. I'm glad to say to you that Pentecost is not confined to Pentecostals by self-determined and labeled. And we put that label upon ourselves. It's a good label to wear. Maybe the world put it on it, but I'll carry it. Pentecostals. If you want to call me Pentecostal, that's okay. Because if there's one thing I want to do, I want to get back to the book of Acts. If there's one thing I want to do, I want to get back to where it started. I want to get back to Acts chapter 2, amen, where the outpouring of the Holy Ghost came. And so we we are Pentecostal, amen, but I'm glad that God's Spirit is not just limited to self-defined Pentecostals, but amen, Pentecost is being poured out all across this world. We are seeing Pentecost, amen, being poured out even uh, among denominational Uh, people and gatherings we're seeing Pentecost not only in these areas but we're seeing Pentecost being poured out even um, among Catholicism folks Catholicism and when you when you those of you that may have come out of Catholicism or 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 the Lord saved your family out of that there's a lot of well-intended people in that but when you study church history and you study Catholicism a lot of the abuses and the things there's some horrible things in church history that that stands. Amen. And even in the midst of ceremonialism and traditions, amen, and man's ways, there are people that are hungry, amen, for truth. And they're seeking for truth. And they may not have the label of Pentecostal on them, but I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter the label. All that matters is the hunger of your heart and the truth that can invade your soul. And God can fill anybody with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Anytime, anywhere, any place, And God is doing it today. Amen. Doing it today. A few years ago, I think it was a couple years ago, the, uh, the head of the missions board of the Southern Baptist Convention, which uh, uh, ha- has an interesting history, but one of their main key things was that the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, was of the devil. This was one of their defining doctrines. This was one of their... Things that they stood upon. But the problem is, you can say what you want. When people are hungry, God's going to fill them with the Spirit. And so, people don't know this, but a little known truth is that for years now, on their conference floor, they have been bringing it back up. Ministers have been saying, hey, we need to revisit this Holy Ghost thing. Whether or not this is of the devil or not, we have good people in our church that are getting filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This has been the thing, folks, that's happening. So much so that the head of the missions board, I think it was in 2016, stood up and this was earth shattering. He said, he said, not only is the Holy Ghost still, I believe, available for us today, it ought to be something that we should be seeking out. Now, not everybody's come all the way on that, but I'm going to tell you, God's Spirit is still being poured out on those that are hungry for it. That's why I'm believing for revival in the Metro East. Folks, now... I'd love nothing more than to build a thousand-seat auditorium and fill it up, amen, with souls to where we had to have 10 different services every Sunday because we couldn't have we couldn't seat enough people. I'd love for a revival like that. But can I tell you on our way to a revival like that, there are churches all over this community, amen, that are already they're already paid, they're already debt-free, they already got the air and the heat on, amen. They already got pulpits and they already got the word of God. Why didn't God just go ahead and pour out his spirit and Jesus name revelation Is this all right? Is that all right? This is Pentecost. Pentecost needs to happen. Amen. uh, This is not in my notes, but I got to share this with you. Um, I don't know how far I'm going to get tonight. It doesn't matter. I've been sick. I've been laying in bed for uh, seven days, so I can do whatever I want when I'm up here tonight. I've had a fever. You can just blame it on the fever and just say, you know, my wife will come along and say, Pastor's just not thinking right. You know, he just have to, he's going you know, will he'll get right, he'll get straightened out. I was watching, I was watching 1989 because of the times, brother N.A. Urshan preaching a message entitled Earnest Prayer. And in his opening remarks, he said this. This is in 1989, so this is now help me out with my math here. Is this 30, 29 years ago? Thank you. 29 years ago, he said that he was at a meeting, 1989 of approximately 3,000 individuals. They were from all different denominations. They were from all different religious organizations and groups. And there was an observer that got up acknowledging his presence there as the bishop of the United Pentecostal Church. And he stood up and he said he wasn't one of us. He was just an observer. And here's what he said. He said, the UPCI has the greatest singers, musicians, and preachers in the world. But then he said this, Brother Urshan paused to the applause of the room and he went on to say, but it is the best kept secret in the United States. You could hear the men of that room say, there's the problem, that's the problem right there. And this is what the bishop said back in 1989. He said, we have confined ourselves in a cocoon of exclusivism and we have decided that we don't want anybody to touch us for fear that we might lose what we got. He went on to say, if you're that weak, you need to stay here. He was talking about that preacher's conference for about five years and just sit and listen. Because once you get this glorious truth, (laughs) he said, it's with you, and you've got to love the truth above everything else. You know what the bishop was saying? When you got the truth inside of you, you don't have to worry about being contaminated, you don't have to worry about compromise, but you don't need to go sit in a corner and hide. You need to let the world know hallelujah, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is going forward and it's marching forward. This truth shall triumph. Oh, I wish somebody would hear what I'm saying. Pentecost is the greatest thing, amen, that we have to be a part of in this last day. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Well, this isn't in my notes. I'm just going to preach anyway. That's all right. That's why I hope you can join me on Thanksgiving week, Tuesday night. They have asked me to preach the O'Fallon Community Faith Service on Tuesday night. Now, folks, you realize what this means, right? They know who we are. They know what we're about. They know what we stand for. They know how we worship. They know how we pray. They know all of that stuff. Amen. But there is an openness. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to compromise. Now, I'm not going to be in there, and I'm not going to shove it down their face. I'm not going to be bold. I'm going to be bold. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to be wrong. You understand what I'm saying. But I'm going to be who I am without compromise. I can walk into every office. I can step on every stage. I can go into any place and declare the goodness and the glory of the Lord you know why because I'm believing that in the last days God's gonna pour out his spirit upon all flesh upon all flesh I don't know about you but this church is bigger than here than CTK this church is bigger than the UPCI this church is bigger than just people that label themselves Pentecostal oh come on there's gonna be a revival in the land Hallelujah from the north to the south and the east to the west. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. You want to be a you want to be a part of something exciting. Be Pentecostal. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be if anybody if anybody does not like Pentecostals. It's either because they've been treated wrongly by a Pentecostal Or they don't understand Pentecostals and what we really are. Or thirdly, they're running from it. I don't find one of those reasons for us to go hide in a corner. If somebody's been treated wrong by a Pentecostal, well, then we ought to be the first witness that comes along and says, no, no. (laughs) We are Christians. We are godly. We are righteous. If somebody's misunderstood Pentecostals, then we need to be the ones that say, hey. Hey, have you received the Holy... Let me tell you about this good thing. I know there's a lot of imitations. I know there's a lot of junk. Amen. But let me explain what this is. And if somebody's running from it, I'm going to tell you, you ought to just love them and you keep on chasing after them. Amen. Because you can't run from God too long where God doesn't get a hold of you. Is this all right? Bless God. Amen. Somebody say amen. 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 Sister Crossing, am I doing okay? Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. Thank you. Sister Cross is my encourager today. Amen. So Pentecost is one of the greatest things that we have to be a part of. But the enemy knows that. And the enemy is going to do everything he can to attack. Amen. What God has going. He's going to do everything he can to destroy it. And so there are some poisons, if I can say, some poisons that will poison, that will rob, that will steal, amen, the work of Pentecost. Thank God for what he's doing. I thank God for what he's doing in my life, in my family, in my home. I thank God for what he's doing in your home, and CTK, here in our community. We bless God for that. We give glory to God and honor to God. I hope that it continues. I hope that it continues to grow. But as it does, don't be fooled that the enemy... It's not going to try to put poison. Is this all right? The enemy is going to come along and he's going to try to bring poison in the church house. And he tries to bring poison and bring those in here. So I got Pentecostal poisons up here today. These are things that contaminate. These are things that destroy. So let's start here with number one. I don't know how far I'll get. Maybe this will be a series on Sunday nights in November. I don't know. We'll just see here tonight. But go with me if you can. We're going to go to the Word of the Lord, but here, right here, the first Pentecostal poison that I see here, and this is a big one. We'll see how far we get on this, is offenses. Offenses. I want to talk to you for a little bit tonight. If you want to take notes, it's a good place to take notes, because it's going to be practical. I'm going to be preaching, but I'm teaching also. And this is not just for the adults. This is for the young people, And this is for the children, all the children in here. Say amen. 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 I love our children in here. Amen. All of our kiddos, all of our wonderful kiddos in here. Our children, you children are old enough. I want you to know you children are old enough. Amen. To hear the word of the Lord and to let the word of the Lord work inside of your life. You know what the word of the Lord says. And so when you understand, you may not understand everything and say, well, well, pastor, I don't understand everything. Well, that's all right. But what you do understand, you are going to be held accountable for. God's going to hold you accountable for. So of course we know God's holding the adults accountable. Of course we know he's holding the young people accountable. But even the children. I want to talk, if I can, about offenses. And we're going to look at what Scripture says here about offenses. I want to say this. If you have aught in your heart, if you have aught in your heart against someone, if you have aught in your heart, you are carrying a deadly poison. It's a poison that can destroy. It's a poison that can tear down. Don't get quiet on me on Sunday night here. And I'm talking about offenses. I'm talking about grudges. I'm talking about prejudices. I'm talking about, about bitterness. I'm talking about strife that comes in your heart. Maybe... You were not the, uh, 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 the, uh, the antagonist of the offense. Maybe you were not the author of the issue. Maybe you were the recipient. Maybe you were the victim and it fell to you. It wasn't something that you did, but somebody did to you. And now you have ought in your heart. You're holding on to that. You hold on to that. I'm going to tell you, you are carrying a deadly Poison, a poison that can destroy you. This week, I was on. I think it was uh, maybe Friday. Uh, was it Friday? What day did you go to the doctor? Was it Friday? I think it might have been Friday when you went to the doctor. My wife was at the doctor, and Luca and I were there. And I was on the couch, and so we were face timing, timing with Luca's nana and. While we were on there, you know, Luca talked for a little while, and then he's off playing and walking around the room. And In the conversation, the tone changed. I never said goodbye. I never said I'm going to go. I just simply said, I said, well, we'd been talking for a little while, and I said, well, my battery's at 1%, phone's getting ready to die, So, and before I could say anything else, my 18-month-old son pipes up and says, bye-bye. Now, they talk about robots and artificial intelligence. That's quite intelligent because it takes an awful lot to be able to program a robot to understand the intangible changes and nuances of conversation before I ever said or, or literally signaled Uh, that I was going to go, you would think that only an adult would know. Here, an 18-month-old caught the signal and the nuance that there's been a change in the conversation. Even if he didn't comprehend what was going on, he could sense the tone of the moment enough to know it was his cue to say goodbye. So if a child that young can begin to understand the the the, the uh, uh, unarticulable nuances of conversation, then I'm going to tell you children know how to converse with one another. And so I speak not just to adults, but I speak to our young people, and I speak also to our children as well. It is our relationships with people that too often are the cause or the the reason for our offenses. It is the things that people do to us that become poisons in our life, hear me, that we carry in our heart. These offenses become Pentecostal poisons. And while God is wanting to do great things in our life, we can take inside these poisons that foster That get inside of our hearts. So tonight we need to go to the word of the Lord. And we need to see what God's word says. I want you to look with me at Mark chapter number 11. If they could help me out tonight. Sorry I did not give you the scripture list. But Mark chapter 11 verses 25 and 26. Christ is speaking here about our prayer. And about when we are praying. And he says when you stand Praying. In fact, if you go back a little bit earlier, and we won't hear, he's talking about the prayer of faith. We talked about it. Faith can move mountains. How many believe that? And and the Lord is telling us that your faith can move mountains. And he's letting us know, amen, that faith-filled prayer has power. But he follows that up with a warning and admonishment. And he says... And when ye stand praying, forgive. Somebody say forgive. Amen. Forgive if you have ought against any. I'm going to tell you, if you hold on to unforgiveness in your life, it's going to impact your faith-filled prayers. When you're trying to pray to move a mountain and the mountain's not moving, it could be because you're holding on to aughts and you're holding on to things inside of your heart. This is what Jesus said. Forgive. Why? So that when you come to the Lord, He said that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Now, maybe you're better than I. Maybe you're better than me. But I need to ask forgiveness a lot. I need to ask forgiveness a lot. Amen. Thank you, Brother Green, for raising your hand. I'm not the only one that raised my hand. Praise God. In fact, I don't just ask forgiveness before the Lord. I do that a whole lot, but sometimes I have to ask forgiveness among those that I'm, I'm, I, I, I communicate with on a daily basis. I had to ask my wife today to forgive me. Amen. Is that all right? Amen. Because, hey, there are things, there are things that can happen, and we make mistakes, Now, if I'm going to ask forgiveness every day and I'm going to expect to say, hey, will you forgive me? I'm sorry. And I'm going to expect an easy yes, absolutely, of course. I'm not going to hold a grudge. Then who am I that I could hold on to something, amen, when somebody is seeking to have forgive, forgiveness from me. And rather, should I should I forgive even before? We say, Well, they haven't come to me to ask forgiveness yet. So I'm not, I'm not bound to forgive them. Well, you're holding a grudge in your heart right there. And the Lord's saying that that's impeding your prayers. We ought to have such a spirit of mind that says, God, I'm not going to have a grudge against anybody. I'm not going to hold a grudge against anyone. And so the Lord says that this forgiveness is important because it impacts our prayers. If your prayers seem like they hit the ceiling and they fall back down unanswered. If your faith seems like it goes forth and it drops like a lead balloon, maybe you need to examine this deadly poison that comes inside of your life. Go with me to Matthew chapter 5. And we'll look here in Matthew chapter 5 verses 23 and 24. And I can see we're not going to finish tonight. That's all right. We're taking our time here. Matthew chapter 5, 23 and 24. He said this, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar. What's he talking about? He's talking about when you come to worship. When you come into the house of God to worship. When we came to the house of the Lord to worship. When we come in to prepare our hearts. He said, if you bring your gift to the altar. And then, watch this. You remember... That you have ought against someone. No. Did I read that wrong? Absolutely. He didn't say you come to give your gift and you remember, oh, I've got ought in my heart. No. He said when you come to bring your gift on the altar and you remember that someone else, hear me, has ought against you. He says leave Your gift on the altar. It's a good preaching. I love it when it gets quiet in church. Leave your gift on the altar. And go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother. And then come and offer thy gift. Am I in the word of God tonight? Folks, the Word of God is the only antidote you have against the deadly poisons of the enemy." We are fooled if we think we can come in here and shout high enough and run hard enough and speak in tongues loud enough if all the while we've got things inside of our heart that either we harbor against someone on or we know that they harbor against us. God says, I would that you would leave your gift on the altar and go to them and say, look, I don't know what I've done. Maybe I did it inadvertently. I didn't mean to, but I don't want there to be a between us. I don't want there to be aught between us. I want there to be reconciliation. We may have to agree to disagree on some things. We may not always see eye to eye. But you're my brother. I'm your brother. I love you. You love me. And we're going to go together to the house of the Lord. It's liberating. It's liberating. He said first be reconciled to thy brother. So he lets us know that your prayers are impacted. And he lets us know that your worship is impacted, not just by what you heart. You say, well, hey, I don't have anything against anyone. I don't have anything against anyone. But you know that there are people that may be offended by you. The Bible says go to them. Is this all right? Go to them and be reconciled. Say, well, I didn't do anything wrong. It didn't say, if you did something wrong, go make it right. It never said that. It said if somebody has aught against you, if somebody else has a jealous spirit, if somebody else is bitter, if somebody else for whatever reason doesn't like you, amen, leave your gift on the altar and go back to them and say, look, I love you. I want to be your friend. I want to pray for you. Amen. If there's anything I've done, I want to make it right to you. And can I tell you, oh, it's hard for somebody to fight against that. It's hard hard for somebody to fight against that and still stay around the kingdom of God. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, we're Pentecostal and you can't be Pentecostal without being worshipful (laughs) and prayerful (laughs) and having faith. And so right here, we start right off, right off the bat. We start with Pentecostal poisons. The enemy, if the enemy can get our worship By the way, we don't measure measure the success of the service by how many decibels we achieved in that service. Praise God. Amen, Brother Philip? We're not measuring it by the decibels. Oh, man, we had a good one tonight. We blew the speakers out tonight. In fact, we're trying not to blow the speakers out. We really don't want to have to spend more money. We did just invest in I don't know if you noticed the sound has changed. We did did finally upgrade our microphones. Thank God for Brother Philip, everybody that works in that. We did spend a good investment in that. But that's not the measure of the service. The reason why we bought better microphones is not so that we could be louder, so that we could be clearer. All right? So if the enemy can muddle our worship, if he can get us distracted by just saying, well, the choir sounds good. Amen. We may, to our fleshly ear, you may say, well, the musician band sounds good, choir sounds good, worship sounds good, but we're not listening with the ear of the flesh, we're listening with the ear of the Spirit. You ever, have you ever been to a symphony or an orchestra? Kids, have you ever been to a symphony or an orchestra? No, you never been? Tell your parents, you got to go, you got to go. When you go out there, the first person that'll come out, there'll be a lot of people sitting around there. And it sounds like an absolute mess. You're sitting in there waiting for it to start. And there's this... And all this just collaboration going on. And nothing is coming out. And then all of a sudden you'll see it. The concert master will walk out. When he walks out, he comes out. He is the concert master. He is the chief violin player of the orchestra. And when he comes out... He will give a note. And when he gives a note, all of the sudden, all of the strings and all of the winds and all of the brass, they will come in tune to the concert master. And they will make sure that they are in tune there. And then only and only after they are in tune does the director of the orchestra take the stand. He doesn't even take the stand until they are in tune. Hear me, somebody. We may be thinking, well, look at how great church we're having. We got all the people, we got, we got the, the, the big old tubas, and we got, we got all these things. Man, look how full it is, and everybody's in their tuxedo, and we've got all this stuff. And all the while, the Lord's standing off on the side saying, I'm not about to get out there and direct that mess until they get in tune. Hear me tonight. The Bible said, if we're really going to be Pentecostal, it said they were in one place, in one accord, Amen, hallelujah, and suddenly huh, there was a God didn't step in to direct that moment until they were all in one accord. We've got to get in tune. We've got to get in one accord for the Spirit of the Lord to come in and to begin to direct things inside of our life. Okay, so I preached long enough on that, and you say, okay, pastor, so you, I have ought, or someone else has odd against me? How do I handle the situation? I'm glad you asked tonight. Go with me, if you will, to the book of Matthew, chapter number 18. Because God thought of everything. And the Lord Jesus gives us, amen, the absolute biblical instructions of how to deal with offenses that happen among us. And can I tell you this? Facebook does not include itself. And the remedy, well, I'm preaching good now. Hallelujah. Y'all better pray. It's a long time before I'm sick again. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. You know I'm not pointing fingers. You know, I don't know. I've been down. I don't know if maybe something went on this week. If it did, I'm absolutely oblivious to it. That's a beautiful thing. Amen, about the Word of God. It's just good any... See, I'm just preaching the Word of God. So you just take it to your heart. But I know know it's hitting targets. Why? Because it's hitting targets in me. It's hit targets with me before. And I'm not preaching to you something I haven't lived and I haven't repented. (laughs) And I haven't had to deal with in my own heart tonight. So Matthew chapter number 18, and you go to verse number 15, and look at what he says. Here it is. He gives us good instruction. Children, you can answer this. So if the kids are taking notes, I don't know if you guys are taking notes, if you have your Bible, this is a good thing for you to learn because this, this is the best playground ethics you could ever have in your life. And the sooner that you learn this, the better off in life you will be, the more powerful you will be, the more relationships you'll have, and it'll snowball effect blessings from there. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee. Go and tell all his faults on social media. Now, I know there's a version out there that reads like that somewhere, but I don't know where it's at. Hear what it says. Go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained Thy brother. You know how much damage we do sometimes on the way to dealing with issues? Somebody has an issue against you. And that's going to happen, folks. If you're living in the, bless bless your heart, if you're in the church and you have never had any people trouble, God bless you. I want to meet you. I want to know what's going on. But then I'm going to give you the sad, sorry news. That probably about this time next week, Something's going to happen. If you go to them and say, look, hey, this happened. And you give people grace. Anybody ever heard of grace? You give people grace. Say, hey, give them grace. Hey, listen. I, I, I saw you did this. Maybe I misunderstood it. Maybe I misinterpreted it. But I interpret it as this. But I, I'm sorry. What can I do to help you? What can I do to fix this? What did I do wrong? What was wrong in this? this, this is, I know this isn't you. I, I know this isn't what your intent is. And I haven't spoken this to anybody else. This is just between you and me. And I want to do whatever I can to make this right. You know what happens? That's hard for somebody to look at that and be angry and to hang up the phone. Now, let me hang up the phone and slam the phone. But you go back to them and you say, hey, listen, I want to make this right. What can we do? I'm going to tell you, when you make it right and somebody says, hey, look, you know what? Have you ever, now, I know I do this because my wife tells me I do this, but sometimes she'll be talking to me and she'll say, Andrew, 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 you haven't heard a thing of what I said. And I was looking right at her, but somewhere she said something that made me follow a rabbit trail. My mind got off on something else. And I started thinking about something else that I had to do, and I was looking straight through her, and my countenance changed, it wasn't pleasant, it wasn't nice, and she's thinking, what's going on? Now, we, we sit in church, God forbid, I grew up in a church where the, the church was totally fan-shaped. So if you sat on this side, you could stare somebody down on the other side. You, if you didn't have good eyesight, though, you couldn't see them. And somebody said, well, I'm not going to sit over there by them because they're always giving me ugly looks. Or something like that. You know how how humanity is. Maybe somebody made a mistake. Give them grace. Maybe you know they were giving you an ugly look. And you're going to give them a way out. And say, hey, I've had it in my heart. I thought you were giving me an ugly look. But I know you're too sweet to ever give me an ugly look like that. And you give somebody a way out. Give them a chance. You know what happens? The Bible, am I in the word here? He says, if he hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. And you know what it's done? It's built trust. And it's let somebody know, hey, I can trust that person. And all of a sudden, any animosity that's there, all of a sudden it's broken down. But look at what he says. You say, well, they won't hear us. Well, let's go into verse 16. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more. This is biblical. This is good stuff. Take with you another person. Take one or two more. And say, hey, let's go. There's an issue that takes place. Sister so-and-so keeps stealing my tissues, whatever. Out of my purse while I'm praying. I don't know. I don't know. I'm making this up, folks. I hope nobody's been stealing tissues here at the church tonight. I'm trying just to preach... If I can help you out. Y'all do realize that churches have split over frivolous things like that, right? Y'all do realize that. Okay, all right, all right. So here's the thing. You take another one with you and you say, hey, listen, I will buy you a year's supply of tissues. I don't know what the issue is. I'm, 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 I'm being funny here. But I'm being serious. You go to them and say, listen, we've we got to deal with the issue here. we got to make this right. We are in the same body of Christ. Amen. It doesn't matter whether or not we're going to the same local assembly. We're in the body of Christ. Folks, if we can't get along down here, God's not going to give you the luxury of putting you on opposite sides of heaven. Oh, no. God's got a sense of humor. He's going to put you right together, right there together. And if you can't get along down here, chances are, in my book, you're probably not going to make it. Hear me. Is this all right? People backslide sitting in the church house. Never visit the clubs. Never go to the bar. Never go down to the casino. Never never leave their, their spouse. Amen. And offenses get in and it's Pentecostal poisons that destroy their heart and destroy their soul. And so he said, take another. And if they won't hear you, he said, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. If they won't hear you, he said, if they neglect to hear you, then you tell it to the church. But if he neglects to hear it to the church, then let him be as a heathen man and as a publican. Somebody's doing something. Somebody is committing a, a gross immorality in the church. And you say, look, I know you're doing this. This cannot happen. This has got to stop. And, and if they won't hear you, you go. And sometimes there comes an issue. Most of the time it doesn't happen. But sometimes there comes an issue. And you say, look, so-and-so is not got a bent towards spiritual things. They are not healthy, not only in their own right, but they are a danger to our children and to the church. And so we got to be careful. and We got to pray for these people. Those are hard things. Those are hard things that we take. But this is how you deal with the issue. People say, hey, I want the pastor to deal with everything. Well, thank you. I wish the pastor just deal with everything. Isn't that all right? Amen. No, the Bible, Matthew 18 is in here for a reason. And it is, our, it is only pride and arrogancy that thinks that we can take care of issues and not get, a, or get around somehow Matthew chapter 18. Amen? Oh, Lord, help us. I preached too long tonight. Go with me one more scripture, and I'm going to close with this. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter number 12 in verses 14 through 15. And he says this, follow peace with some of the favorite people that you like to be around. Follow peace with the people that you like. Follow people with just just the people in your church. Follow peace with all men. And holiness, which was my second point tonight, without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness. I want you to underline that. I want you to highlight that. Write it down. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. Trouble you. Pentecostal poisons. Bitterness gets inside of your heart. Bitterness gets inside of your soul. Been done wrong. Done wrong by men and women of God. Been done wrong by people of God. Offenses happen. Offenses come. Offenses are hard to deal with. They're hard to reconcile. They're hard to reconcile because we, we, we look at people that have been saved and redeemed. And we know they ought not, look, they ought not act like that. Especially hard when they teach us that they ought not act like that and then they act like how they teach us. It's a Sunday school teacher. It was an usher. It was a deacon. It was this. It was that. This, the list of people who offend go on and on and on and on. That deacon goes on. That Sunday school teacher. That person goes on. That preacher, pastor, no clue. Oblivious. Oblivious to what's happened. Why? Because you didn't follow Matthew chapter 19, 18 rather, because you didn't heed, amen, to Matthew chapter 5. Because we didn't follow after Mark chapter 11. That person goes on oblivious to what's happened, but inside of our own heart and our own spirit, we foster bitterness and animosity. The Bible says it's a root of bitterness. Roots can lay dormant in the soil for decades, decades, decades. And then, at the right moment, the climate changes and something comes in. And everything else is swept back and that root begins to spring forth. It gives life. And all of a sudden that trouble begins to creep back into your heart. Pentecostal poisons. It'll shut down your prayer life. It'll shut down your worship life. It'll destroy your faith. It'll destroy your thanksgiving. It'll destroy... Your positive outlook on life, it'll destroy your hope. You know what I'm talking about. You get around people, nothing's ever good, nothing's ever positive. There's never nothing good going on. It's always (coughs) the Judas that's standing around and saying, well, why are they making this waste? It could have been sold and given to the poor. Bitterness creeps into people's hearts and people's lives and people's soul. Don't let bitterness get inside of your heart. Don't let bitterness get inside of your soul. Free yourself from bitterness. Our world today is so bitter. Would you come to the music and I'm closing. Our world has so much bitterness, so much animosity. I am, well, I get sick of all the divisiveness that is constant in our culture. Anybody else just get sick of that? Now, I stand for truth. I have convictions. I have beliefs. I have ideas. I think for myself. I understand all those things. But the sheer disregard for humanity and respect of one another. I can't hardly stand to listen to the news anymore because it's one person yelling at another. It's the only thing I can predict is tomorrow... Nobody's gonna help me preach. I preach too long tonight. The only thing I can predict is somebody's gonna hate somebody tomorrow. Somebody's gonna to kill somebody tomorrow. Somebody's gonna to stand up and start pointing fingers at other people of why all this stuff is happening tomorrow. We're gonna to have bitterness. We're gonna have contentions. Ought not be. By the way, it's it's election week. I hope you get out and vote. I hope you pray hope you go out there, engage yourself. We are part of a community. You're allowed to have difference of opinions on economics and social and policy things. You're allowed to have different ideas about structures and governments. That is okay. The Bible permits that. What you are not allowed is redefinitions of morality. You are not allowed that. But go as a Christian, represent the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then follow peace with all men. As you walk through the polling booths and you got people out there, most of them will be kind, but if you dare walk past a place where people are yelling and chanting, just smile. And in the midst of the desert, be a scent of water. That there's no bitterness in my heart. God took care of that at the altar. He took care of that when He filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Is this all right tonight? There's no animosity in my heart. I don't don't want to harbor ill will against anyone. I'm just trying to make it to heaven, folks. I'm just doing the best that I can. And I want to take everyone that I can with me. That's my whole goal in life. That's my whole objective in this world. Just to make heaven my home and take as many people as I can with me. I don't have time for offenses. I don't have time for those things. I don't have time for that stuff. And I surely don't have time to unlock the jar of poison. Come on, I need my prayers to be powerful. I need my worship to be exalted. I need my faith to move mountains. And somebody needs my faith to move mountains. I don't have time to let Pentecostal poisons come in and destroy the revival that God has for me. Would you stand together with me tonight? I'll revisit this sermon at another day, maybe next Sunday night. I'll continue on with more things. It's right tonight. I didn't get any farther than this. I've lost too many friends and family members. I, I know right now too many backsliders that the devil is using this to keep them from everything that God has for them. I'm going to tell you the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. God's grace is sufficient for us. God's grace is sufficient for you. And if it's sufficient for me, it's sufficient for everybody else. Would you bow your heads in this place tonight, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord, tonight, God. Lord, let there be conviction that...